If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. I'm Nisa. Today is the final episode of the Black History Month series. As in previous seasons, I've celebrated Black History Month on the podcast by covering cold cases from the civil rights era. I continued that tradition this year, and so far, we've covered the civil rights era cold cases of Frank Morris, Clifton Walker, and Maddie Green. If you haven't checked those out yet, I will leave links to those episodes in the descriptions, as well as a playlist available for you to access at the end of this video. But today, as we close out Black History Month, I'll be telling you all the stories of Henry D. and Charles Moore. Henry D. and Charles Moore were just 19 years old when they were murdered in Franklin County, Mississippi. On May 2nd, 1964, they were abducted by Klan members, tortured, and then drowned in the Mississippi River. Their bodies were found, but their cases were completely ignored by authorities, some of which participated in the murders themselves. It took four decades later until their cases were actively pursued and charges were filed. This is the story of the civil rights era case of Henry D., and Charles Moore. Henry Hezekiah D. was 19 years old and a mill worker from Franklin County, Mississippi. Henry worked at the Halton Lumber Company in Roxy, Mississippi. His friend, Charles Eddie Moore, was also 19 years old and from Franklin County. After high school, Charles Moore enrolled in Alcorn College, the oldest public and historically black land-grant institution in the United States. Charles attended the college, but various accounts say he was either suspended or expelled after participating in a campus protest. So he returned home to live with his older brother Thomas and their mother Maisie in a small house in rural Mississippi. Back in his hometown, Charles met with his childhood friend, Henry D., on May 2nd, 1964, in Meadville, Mississippi. During their meetup in Meadville, the two decided to hitchhike to Roxy, Mississippi. As the two young men were standing on the side of the road waiting to catch a ride, they were kidnapped right off the street and murdered. It would take several months for the young men's bodies to be found. Henry and Charles's disfigured torsos were discovered on July 12th and July 13th, 
1964. Their bodies were actually found by accident because law enforcement had no plans to actually look for these missing young men. While the FBI was out frantically searching for James Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and Michael Schwermer, a black man and two white men who were civil rights workers who disappeared on June 21, 1964, they discovered the bodies of Henry D. and Charles Moore. Sadly, the three activists were not found during that search. Their murders wouldn't be solved until 41 years later. But the FBI began to investigate the Henry D. and Charles Moore murders. By November 1964, two suspects were arrested in connection with the case. Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol officers, along with the FBI, arrested 29-year-old James Ford Seal and 31-year-old Charles Marcus Edwards. During the interviews with Seal and Edwards, the FBI learned that these two men were members of the local chapter of the KKK. And in the days after their arrests, Edwards confessed. Charles Edwards and James Seal both admitted that they participated in the kidnapping and assault of Henry D. and Charles Moore. However, they did not admit to murdering Henry and Charles. Reportedly, after the arrest of Seal and Edwards, the FBI soon became quote-unquote overwhelmed with the case of the three missing civil rights workers who were still missing. So Henry D.'s and Charles Moore's case were handed down to the local authorities. However, I think to no one's surprise, the case was quickly dropped by local authorities, as were the charges against Edwards and Seal. It was not until the year 2000 that the FBI reopened the murder investigation and discovered documents to help assist in the conviction of Edwards and Seal. Between 1964 and 2000, James Ford Seal seemed to have just disappeared from the state of Mississippi. In fact, some members of his family said that James had died. By the late 1990s and early 2000s, Thomas Moore began to push for his brother's case to be reinvestigated. In 2000, the Clarion Ledger newspaper in Jackson, Mississippi, investigated the cold case. During their investigation, they learned that the homicides had happened on federal land. This meant that the federal government had jurisdiction over the case and could reopen the case. But when the newspaper reached out to the FBI with the good news, the FBI told them that its files on the case had been destroyed. However, thanks to the newspaper's hard work, they were able to track down the undestroyed copy of the files. And because there was growing news coverage of the case, the Department of Justice decided it would be in their best interest to reopen the case. Along with the DOJ taking a renewed interest, the federal government decided to prosecute the case. Still seeking justice for his brother's unsolved murder, Thomas Moore worked with a group of Canadian filmmakers to create a documentary titled Mississippi Cold Case between 2005 and 2007. The object of the documentary was to inform the public about this case that had been long forgotten and ignored. They wanted the world to know who Henry D. and Charles Moore were, and they were seeking the public's help in achieving justice for their murders. But something wild happened during the filming of this documentary. Thomas Moore discovered that James Ford Seal was still alive and living in his home in Mississippi. In 2007, the FBI arrested both of the original suspects in the case, James Seal and Charles Edwards. Edwards was originally indicted for aiming a shotgun at Henry and Charles while Klan members beat them. 
However, Edwards agreed to testify against Seal in exchange for immunity. The case was prosecuted by attorney Dunn Lampton in Jackson, Mississippi. Before we get into the circumstances of their murders, I want to warn you that the details of their murders are very gruesome and very hard to hear. According to court documents, this is what happened on May 2nd, 1964, when Henry D. and Charles Moore were kidnapped. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Several members of the Bunkley Clavern, a local chapter of the KKK, saw Charles Moore and Henry D. meet up. The Klan members offered a ride to Charles and Henry as the two began hitchhiking together. Now, remember, this is the testimony, the perspective from a Klan member. So it's possible that the boys were never actually offered a ride, but were snatched off the street. For me, it's hard to believe that these black boys would willingly accept a ride from multiple white men in 1964 in the Deep South. But moving on, 
After picking Henry and Charles up, the clan members took the two boys to a secluded area in the Homochitto National Forest. Once they made it to the forest, the clan members interrogated Henry and Charles about rumors of guns being imported by quote-unquote black militants in the area. Neither Henry D. nor Charles Moore had ever been involved in civil rights activism, but the Klansmen assumed that Henry and Charles were associated with the budding Black Panthers movement. And this was based on the fact that Henry was wearing a black bandana over his head. You see, during this time, there were rumors circulating amongst the Klan that black Muslims were preparing for quote-unquote insurrection by bringing guns into Franklin County. Black people under Jim Crow obtaining guns to fight back against their oppressors was not an appealing thought to the KKK, obviously. So the white people's fear that they would eventually reap what they sowed fueled the violence against black people during this time. Seal and his fellow KKK members repeatedly asked the boys to identify who was behind the county's, quote, Negro trouble, end quote. During the Klan members' questioning, Seal and Edwards beat the boys with bean poles until they were unconscious. Desperate to keep their lives, Henry and Charles told their attackers that the guns they were looking for were in the basement of a local black church in Roxy, Mississippi. After the abuse they endured, Henry and Charles were still alive, but barely. Edwards testified that he watched as Seal and other Klansmen picked up the boys' limp bodies and placed them into the locked trunk of a car. According to Edwards, Seal and the Klan members then drove the car across state lines. After that, they chained Henry and Charles to a Jeep motor block and railroad train rails, rowed them out on a boat out into the backwater of the Mississippi River, and dropped the boys into the water to die. After murdering Henry D. and Charles Moore, the Klansmen immediately reported the alleged location of the guns to the county sheriff Wayne Hutto and members of the Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol. Now, if you remember, at the beginning of the episode, I told y'all how the Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol was part of the team that arrested Edwards and Seal the first time around. In the end, the officers searched the basement of the church where the boys said the guns were hidden, but officers found nothing there. And after learning how the lead for the guns came about, neither the Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol or the sheriff investigated the disappearances of Henry D. or Charles Moore. After Edwards's testimony was declared before the court, James Ford Seal was convicted by a majority white jury on charges of two counts of kidnapping and one count of conspiracy to kidnap. On June 14, 2007, at 71 years old, Seal was given three life sentences. In 2011, at 74 years old, James Ford Seal died in prison. Although the trial had ended favorably, the victims' surviving family members continued their fight for justice. On August 5, 2008, Thomas Moore and Thelma Collins, who is Henry D.'s sister, filed a federal complaint in a Natchez, Mississippi court, claiming state complicity in the deaths of their siblings. The families of the victims were seeking a federal jury trial for civil damages. The suit claimed that in Franklin County in 1964, Sheriff Wayne Hutto and his chief deputy, Kirby Shell, conspired with the Klansmen who abducted and killed Henry D. and Charles Moore. On June 21, 2010, Franklin County, Mississippi, agreed to an undisclosed settlement in the civil suit with the families of Charles Moore and Henry D. 
While this civil rights era case appears on a list of cases the Department of Justice investigated under the Emmett Till Unsolved Civil Rights Crime Act, the DOJ has not published a memo describing its investigation of the case, as is standard practice, and it's unclear whether the agency ever investigated any other people associated with the murders aside from James Ford Seal and Charles Edwards. However, according to an article by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, fellow Klansman and father of James Seal, Clyde Seal took part in the abduction of Henry and Charles, as well as other fellow Klansmen, which include Jack Seal, James Seal's older brother, Curtis Dunn, Archie Prather, Ernest Parker, Ernest Gilbert, and George Rouse. This same article mentioned law enforcement that they claim was also complicit in the failure to properly investigate the case, and this includes a man named Gwyn Cole, who was the former lead investigator of the Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol. After the success of the Mississippi cold case documentary and the civil suit, Thomas Moore told Mississippi Public Broadcasting that he hopes his brother and his friend, quote, won't be footnotes in the history of what the FBI called the Mississippi burning case, end quote. And Henry D. and Charles Moore are definitely not footnotes. There have been many efforts to remember and honor Henry and Charles. On July 15th, 2021, a new state historical marker was erected in Meadville to honor these two young men who lost their lives in such a cruel and hateful way. After 46 years, the case of Henry D. and Charles Moore was listed as closed as of 2010. I am grateful to be ending this year's Black History Month on a positive note. In this case, justice was achieved, even if it doesn't look exactly how we hoped it would. But we must also remember the cases that didn't receive the same outcome. We must remember that there were upwards of 122 killings from the civil rights era that remain unpunished. And we must remember the victims that have been forgotten as time moves on, and the key witnesses and potential suspects who die with whatever knowledge they may hold. If you've made it to the end of the episode, thanks for watching. I'm interested in your thoughts about this case, so leave your comments down below. Before you leave, please do me a favor and show support for this podcast and this channel by hitting like and subscribe. And don't forget to hit the notification bell so you don't miss any new uploads. You'll hear from me soon in another episode. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.